Jane here from Your Way Weight Loss. And today we have the lovely, I mean, you need to go on YouTube to see this beautiful woman. <laughs> um, we have the lovely Nina Purewall. I said that correctly? Purewall? Correct. That would have yeah. been a part of our conversation before we started recording, but perfect. <laughs> I got it. Um, the co-author, is that correct? Of Let mm -hmm. That Shit Go. Um, hello, Nina. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor to be here talking to you both. We are so happy that you're here with us. We're happy that you're going to be a part of our event on October 29th. Um, I mean, it's quite uh, interesting or I not ironic, but interesting how you came into our lives. And you know yeah. what? You came into a lot of people's lives. Just so <laughs> you know, um, you know, we do have over 3000 members. Um, and so we have been talking a lot about your book to our members. And we know that a lot of members are listening to you and are reading your book. I'm so incredibly grateful for that. It makes all the vulnerability and blood, sweat, and tears worth it. So thank you so much. We're happy that you're here. Um, so basically what happened, I, I think it's important that people understand how we like meet these amazing humans, Alicia and I, because we're just here doing our thing. And uh, so, I mean, if we go back to even just March, so March of 2021, we were planning our year, the rest of the year at Ure Weight Loss. And we often go ahead and plan what the humans need, what our society needs yes. um, and what our members need. Um, at a certain time in their lives. I'm like, what do people need right now, Alicia? Like, especially in September, that's when people are willing to take in content. They're willing to work on themselves. I mean, middle of July, they're just trying to have the best time of their lives, hopefully drinking some beer and whatever. But like, so we have different topics for, for that time of year. But September is a great time for you to, um, for people to sit down and, um, I don't know, start new habits, si tu veux, and new, new things, look into new things. So we were sitting and I said, man, do people like ever need to work on their happiness right now? People are struggling to just be happy. Yes. Um, so that's where, okay. So first step was like, okay, we're going to call it choose happy. And on Alicia's tasks, it was to research a few books that were about happiness and creating happiness. Um, and your book was one of these uh, books that came up. And she ordered and uh, it became our favorite of the books that we had ordered. And for me, and I said this earlier when we spoke, for me, the first section, just it being called self-awareness, really, there was a, a direct link to your weight loss right in that moment, because we are a self-awareness program. You know, people would say we help people lose weight. Yes, but by creating self-awareness, helping them with their self-awareness. Right. So that's how we like got to know that you exist. And then we decided to do an event. And I was like, I mean, wouldn't it be great if one of these authors would be a speaker at our event? I mean, it all worked out. You know what? Every There's no coincidence, right? Everything happens for a reason. So I love how this is all piecing together. I am so excited to be impacting in this way. And I do agree that it's been such a tough year and a half with the pandemic. Happiness has really been affected. And how do we go inwards? you know, to access this happiness, which I want to talk about as well is where is this happiness that we're searching for? Oh my gosh. We have so many amazing questions for you. And before we like, we get really into it. I just want to say that I so appreciate the tone of the book as well. Like I love how, um, it's so unfiltered. I love how it's real. I love how in the audiobook you guys say, fuck, like, it's just really, it's, it's really, um, easy to take in that content. And I just love the way that you're showing up like that. So thank you for being your authentic self. Thank you for receiving it. And, you know, we wrote a whole chapter on authenticity. So we thought if we're not owning up to it, then we can't be writing about this and telling other people to do it. So it was so important for us to be true to ourselves as well. 
Yeah, there's a part of that book where it's like you say this like very like specific or magical way to do things and you're like, we're not telling you that this is easy or that it's like, you know, you're like, you're still an adult, you have responsibilities and it's not like a child, but we're just trying to let you know that there is, there are spaces, there is a space where you could, your brain could be less chatty, you know? Yeah. Like, so I love that. Yeah. And exactly. I, you know, I always say that it's a fun and sexy book title to let that shit go, but it's, it's a tough thing to do. It's not easy to do. You have to actively be aware back to self-awareness of what's going on in here to be able to, to, again, let go of all the things. And sometimes it's, you know, you can let something go in a week. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades, but the awareness of what you have to let go is kind of the first step and is so important. Just so you know, the word awareness is basically our most favorite world word. <laughs> and we think that the world could be a different place if people increased their self-awareness in areas of their life. Like that, what is the what is the answer to world peace? Self-awareness. I love that. You know, and it's so true. I mean, we think on average 60,000 thoughts a day, which translates to 35 to 42 thoughts a minute. And here comes the awareness piece. We're only aware of 1% of our thoughts. A recent study has shown that we're only aware of 1% of our thoughts. This is why we're constantly feeling overwhelmed and stressed and the anxiety bubble up. And our, you know, suddenly our, we get sweaty or we get a little tummy ache because our mind is, is ruminating on something we're not even aware of. And then suddenly it comes to surface after the fifth or sixth thought in. And at that point, you're already down the rabbit hole, right? So awareness is in so incredibly important. Once we become aware of our thoughts is the minute that we can start to kind of move through them and do something about them and shift those neurological patterns. And I do think, like I always say that society's lacking self-awareness. And I'm like, I think there's a piece to it that we're 2021 and we have access to other people's lives so easily um, just by scrolling, by looking. And so there's so much of our time spent being aware of what other people are doing. And we're, and I think that's kind of taking up our time because we have access to it so easily and having more self-awareness, as you say in the book so clearly, it's like tons of deep conversations and discussions with yourself. And we're not taking the time to do that. Our time is filled. We're too busy. But what are you really doing? What are you taking in? You know, it's, it's so true. And when we're assessing other people's lives and analyzing them, it's mostly uh, from the guise of, of comparison. You know, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm not an influencer. Or I'm not I don't have this many kids or I don't have you know, the money to do this. And we're always, it's always coming from a place of lack, right? So instead of going inwards or thinking about what we do have, you know, when we're doing the scrolling game and everyone's posting their highlight reel, as we call it in the book, everyone's best version of life. No, everyone has moments where they're crying themselves to sleep. Who's posting that? Okay. That's real life, you know, and nobody's seeing that everyone's seeing the best version of everyone. So we're comparing ourselves to something and someone that's not even real. And so that even takes us further away from awareness, our own awareness in that, you know, we're feeling shitty every time we do it. If we're not following the right accounts or we're following accounts that trigger us. And I actually heard, I was going to ask you this, um, you know, what we think our triggers maybe to our chatty mind. And I had heard you being interviewed on a different podcast and you said, you need to be aware, again, aware of what makes you feel good. The content, when you are taking in content, what makes you feel good and what makes you feel like, oh, I should be doing this or, you know, not enough, not, not worthy. Yes, absolutely. And even when it comes to friends and family. You know, if you have to mute someone, you have to block someone. I know yep. it gets a little political or weird, so you don't have to unfollow them, but there are ways. But that awareness, the second you see something, you go, oh, you know, 
you know how it makes you feel. You might not be listening, but your gut is very uh, intuitive. Your gut knows. So there's something that doesn't feel right. And the more and more we listen to that and do the blocks or the unfollows or the muting, uh, you know, the more we'll have feed that feeds our soul. There, there are, I, I intentionally follow accounts that make me feel good, that are aligned with my values, that make me feel authentic. And I have unfollowed a shit ton of accounts this last year and a half that just feed into my insecurities, feed into my triggers. Because why? Why are we doing that to ourselves? Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. I have so many, a million questions, but before we get like into the actual like content of the book, I want to know like, how does Nina get to where she is? Like, how do you get to a point where you're an entrepreneur and you're an author and like, how does that happen? Yeah, it's, it's quite the journey. So I actually got into studying ancient wisdom and mindfulness and meditation way back when I was 16. Actually, it was like the 90s. Um, it's, it's not the greatest story. I lost my dad and my brother, you know, very unexpectedly, very tragically. And I started to just question, you know, what's, what's life about? Why am I here? What's my purpose? How do I find myself again? How do I find my happiness again? Because I was truly lost. Um, you know, I parallel passed my career. I had went to business school. I had a great career in sales and marketing. And then in 2010, I kind of hit a peak point of stress again. And I did something drastic. I, my partner and I, my partner and I, we sold our house. We left our flourishing careers and we went off to California, I lived in California and lived in an ashram for a year or a monastery. Wow. That was incredibly intense, incredibly enlightening. But, um, you know, I really wanted to further my study of, of meditation, mindfulness, and ancient wisdom. And that was kind of a turning point. I came back, it was 2011, and nobody was talking about meditation. Yoga was a big thing. And I thought, how do I you know, how do I bring this into, you know, the real world? Because everything I learned, even though it was ancient wisdom, 10,000 year old wisdom, um, it was so applicable to everyday stressors and worries and anxiety. So how do I bring this in? I, I went into corporate for a little longer. And then, you know, a few years, a few years later, I started my, my company. I said, I'll give it a year and see how many people are interested. In it. And I never look, have looked back. So now I do uh, workshops on mindfulness and meditation. Um, it's very much a part of my own grounding and my own journey and my own healing as well. I've gone through a lot of loss, PTSD, trauma. Um, so again, I, I have a lot of, I do a lot of therapy as well, but meditation and mindfulness is really the crux of my peace and, and my happiness. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I, I knew that because I'm a creeper, but I appreciate for, for everyone else that's listening this your story. I'm just uh, connecting this leash to also like Erica and, and um, Erica Kramer, who's also yep. a speaker at our event yep. and how like, you know, how important it is to when you heal your trauma. So you went through something kind of crazy with in your life and then you did the one year there and that was like a part of you healing your trauma. And, and then you used your knowing and you used um, that like that, that experience, si tu veux, to to show up in the world in a very passionate way. Like, I just feel like people need to know that there is always value in your story. There's like, there's always value. And I do think that like, when you can put out there and really work on showing up in the world with your values, there's like impact, like your values have impact, you know, when you're, when your values come from your story, like even yeah. for us, like Alicia and I were both obese that's why we both got to work and now work on us and we healed what we needed to heal in order to now live the life that we live. And we help people do that just as you for your own 
personal life, just as Erica, like there's, there's power behind our stories, you know? Oh, wow. I love that. And, and the passion that comes out when it comes from an inner transformation or an inner growth, um, I think is just that much more powerful and meaningful. Uh, I love what I do. And, you know, I, I, I lost my dad to suicide and that's why I'm so passionate about mental health, about trauma, because, you know, in the 90s, nobody talked about mental health. Everything went undiagnosed. Everything went unrecognized. Nobody got treatment. And, you know, that led to his demise. And so, you know, when I talk about mental health, when I talk about, you know, yeah, it's okay to have all these emotions, to be sad, to be angry. But, you know, there is a way out. There is a way to go through tragedy and to find happiness and to find hope and to find peace, even if it's fleeting moments of it. And that's why, you know, because I was able to find it after all that. So I, I really am passionate about sharing. And I love your stories as well, that you went through your own journeys. And that's what got you to where you are today. It just makes everything, um, you know, so much more empowering and powerful for everybody. Yeah. And, and Erica actually talks about knowing versus, um, knowledge, you know, and, and, and yes. being able to, you know, we, we have knowing cause we, we were there, you know, you have knowing you were there, you, you went through that trauma anyway. Yeah. Okay. It's big. It's big. And, you know, I want to say when we, when we think of choose happiness, I want to talk about that for a second, because Go. when I studied ancient wisdom, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that ancient wisdom says is that our true nature is happiness. It is joy. It is love. It's all these wonderful things. And if you think of yourself as a toddler or an infant, you were inherently happy, right? You cried for very practical reasons. You were inherently happy. But what happened in tweenhood, in teenhood, in adulthood is we built up all this shit along the way from patterns from you know our parents from things we saw growing up and suddenly that inner happiness that already exists is is clouded you know hence let that shit go and i always tell people it's not a journey to find happiness somewhere out there it's already here it's already with us we already have it so what do we need to let go of what are the obstacles in the way of us choosing that happiness because really only we have the capacity to make ourselves happy we might blame or look at the external but really it's how we're reacting it's how we're choosing to live and so i love this theme of choosing happy because it's already a part of us and it's just it's our decision to to go inwards and find it there. It it really is. And we, you know, we encourage our members, we say, you know, we need to look at our current life, our current husbands, our current home, our current bodies, and we need to find beauty in that. It's there. I know it's there. We all have obstacles in our life. We all have hardships, but we also have all have beauty and and this just taking in and appreciating and having time in your brain to really recognize those small things will add up. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And and that's just it. It's really evaluating. You know, I always say uh, happiness lies in inwards because if you think of the external, right, everything we do, we do for happiness. We, the way we work, our partners we choose, you know, maybe we choose to have kids, the vacations, everything, we, the money we spend, it's all for happiness. And if you think about all those things, the partner, the kids, the vacation, the house we buy, yes, those things make us happy, but those things also drive us crazy, right? Those things also bring 
challenging emotions. You get the house and now you have a mortgage. Now you have bills. You're in a relationship. One day you love your partner. The next day they drive you crazy. You married your high school sweetheart, I just learned. Um, So, you know, after many, many years and decades, it's like there's some days that drive you crazy. Um, And so it kind of begs the question, is happiness in those things? Yes. I'm not denying that there's happiness in the vacation in in the child, but there's also frustration. There's also sadness. There's also anger. There's also worry. So it's temporary happiness. External things have temporary happiness. Permanent bliss, permanent happiness is found by going inwards. And that's kind of the magic of it all is that you have it all here. It's just being able to access it and, and, and stop kind of leaning or depending on all the external. And what the book really does, it's that I love the first section and it's the awareness piece. And it's like, it puts you like your two feet on the ground. Like, where are you right now? Like have a look around. And so it allows you to find that inner peace that, um, often the clouds and the, the chatty and the brain, like is kind of like all over the place and you're not living in the moment. And there's, there's that, it's like a, it's like a weird thing to say, like be in the moment. It'll be, and you're like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like like all unicorns and rainbows, but holy Nina, it works. It's true. It works. And there's a lot of little techniques because people are like, how do you actually do that? I feel like mindfulness is such a, it's a concept, but it's like, how do I actually live it? How do I actually breathe it? And I think there's a bit of misconception that people who are mindful have to be mindful 24 seven and present. It just doesn't work that way. We live in this crazy technological, you know, overly, you know, advertised and, you know, inflated world of, you know, all this external. So how do we actually find peace and happiness? in the moment, but fleeting moments. It doesn't have to be constant pressure we put on ourselves. And, you know, when it comes to in the moment, we're in our minds, we're most often, you know, in the past. So a lot of depressive thoughts live in the past. The past is, you know, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Why did I do this? I should have reacted differently. I didn't, didn't make the right decision. Depressive thoughts are in the past. Anxious thoughts are in the future. Why didn't this happen? When is it going to, or sorry, when is this going to happen? When, when is the pandemic going to be over? When am I going to get that promotion? When am I going to have the, you know, whatever I want in life, the partner or the traveling or the kids. Um, and when we're always in the past or in the future, where are we not? We're not in the here and wow. now, right? That so was really that good. was really good. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like letting go of, you know, that's not going to change letting go of the future crystal and ball. Would, yeah crystal ball the crystal ball I always you have to plan because people are like well yeah. I can't just sit here and be like all right well let everything happen no I'm an entrepreneur I'm a businesswoman you got a plan but hey we all had a plan for 2020 where the fuck did that go <laughs> you know like we all had a plan for how the year was gonna go so plan you gotta book the ticket you gotta book the flight you gotta book your you know airbnb whatever you can't control how if it's gonna rain the whole time if your flight's gonna be delayed you still have to plan for the future but to not be attached to the outcome of that plan and just yeah. let it be you know and that's where like the letting go comes in on both ends and just you know, yeah, we're always with happiness. We're waiting for the next thing, right? When I get that, I'll be happy. When this happens, when I'm at this stage of my life, when I'm an entrepreneur, when, 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 well, it's now. Because if you think 10 years ago, you're already doing the when. 10 years ago, you wanted to be here. 
Yeah, I love that section of your book. Like you once wished for what you have today. Exactly. That's coming in one of our meetings um, with perspective. I went through the perspective uh, section quite quickly. And I was like, I just like took titles that I was like, that is so relatable to weight loss. That is so relatable to our members. And it was like one after the other, like, just like, I was like, Oh, this is a good title. Oh, this is a good one. And I, I don't even have to read your section. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it's, it was so good. And I, I love that. I'm like, once you once wished for what you have today. Um, exactly. and that is so true. So true. It's so true. Like when we were in our twenties, you know, let's say you always wanted to be, you know, have a partner with kids and, and now you're here, but now you're stressed about the kids homeschooling or, you know, your partner maybe have issues or, but, but you're here, you did this, you manifested this, you got yourself here. Right. But how often are we pausing to be like, wow, wow. No, we're always looking to the future. And that's why we can't catch happiness because it's always somewhere in the future versus like right here. It's basically like when you're reading your book, it's basically like a bunch of little tools that you can put in your mindfulness toolbox. And, you know, some some are going to appeal to people, certain people more than others. You're going to take out certain ones at certain times in your life. But I want to share with you that when I was listening, I listened to it on audio. Um, when I was listening to it, I had this moment on one of my walks. It was like such an aha moment. And it was like about your chatty mind and versus your observing mind. And I had just been to the beach with my family and I was like looking at my husband and he was like drinking a beer, throwing a football, not caring about if the kids are getting sunburned, what his body looks like, what's for dinner that night, how much laundry was at home. And I was sitting there cranky at him for being euphorically happy. But I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the problem. Wow. It's me. He is so happy because he is being able to be present in the moment. And I was worrying about things that I can't, can't don't have control over um, and not being present in the moment. So that was like a, uh, the observing mind is a really a technique that I am trying to use in my own mindfulness, especially in situations where I'm with my family, because I find my mind wanders in, in those situations. Cause I like to be as productive as humanly possible. So I'm like, Oh, I'm with my kids. I can like also like do, 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 do in my brain. So, and I'm sure you guys are the same as moms and as entrepreneurs, it's just like constant. So I'm yeah. really trying to use that observing mind. And for me, it's the being in the moment. Like what I use a lot is I have this thing and I call it my, it's like a rock in my belly, like where I'm like, I'm anxious. I'm like anxious. I'm not going to say it's not sadness. It's not depression. It's not, it's anxiety. And when you said it's because I live in the future, it's like, because I'm like, there's like something in the future that is coming that is not right now in that moment, but there's something in the future coming that is causing me that is always playing autopilot. Um, what do you guys say when it's like, uh, uh, autopilot, autopilot, but, uh, is that it? Yeah. The chatty mind, the autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it just like keeps going, keeps going. And it's like the same damn conversation in my brain that I keep replaying and I keep being anxious about it, but it's not in the moment. So I see myself sometimes leaving for my walk and I'm like, look at this beautiful fresh air. And then it happens, the rock, because I have time to think. And then I think in the future and then I start not panicking, but like, yeah, like I can't breathe though. Right. Yeah. In the moment I'm like, Josie, right now you are walking. You love this. Like, Oh, look at this nice weather. Aren't we lucky that in September, the weather is so nice. I'm really trying to bring myself back to the present because I don't live in the past a lot. I think I've like made peace with a lot of that. Maybe because I haven't had, um, things that have really been traumatic where I like keep replaying a certain thing, but I do live in the future a lot. 
I do, I do yeah. that. Alicia knows that about me. I do live in the future a lot and I create, I create almost, I create the anxiety. I create the excitement, yeah. but it does create moments where I'm not being present. Yeah. I think there's that saying, you know, most like 90% of what we stress about doesn't even come true. Right. So we, we create that. And I, I think it's so important. I love that you both are, you know, using the, the, the terminology in the book and actually leveraging the observing mind. Cause that's why you can stop in your walks and, and listen to the birds and, you know, smell the fresh air and hear the sound of the gravel on your feet because you are suddenly observing. And that's what observing does. It, it creates a little bit of space between you and that chatty mind. And that is such an important and critical skill to have. Some people say, treat your mind like a child and even give it a name. You know, hey, yes, Johnny, stop. You know, rein, rein that mind back in. I had a, a monk I studied under, um, and I love this. He always said, you know, be the eye of the hurricane, right? And we talk about this in the book of, you know, the hurricane is, is spinning and it's going and it's going and it's going, but there's a 10 to 20 kilometer radius of complete stillness in the middle. And he said, if you can just be in that stillness and observe what's going on versus getting enthralled in it, it doesn't mean the thoughts are not going to come up. It doesn't mean the chatty, it's chatty mind's job to think thoughts. We might still get that thought of, oh my gosh, is the conference going to do well? Or what am I going to make for dinner? You know, the thought might come up, but if we're in the state of observation, it's just going to be like, okay, yeah, you're fine. You can talk yourself down versus getting all worked up and being completely enthralled in that constant hurricane you say in the book the chatty the 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 thoughts are going to come around it's your relationship to them that changes and that for me like that is so important for for our members that are trying to lose weight they're trying to create weight loss they're you know they are getting on a scale there there is emotions because we always say like weight loss is an emotional journey and so you will have the thought of disappointment or uh discouragement sometimes and but it's it's not that you'll never feel discouraged again. It's your relationship to it changes. So sometimes people think about Alicia and I, they're like, you don't get discouraged when you get on the scale and you've gained weight. I'm like, there's like maybe like a 0.3 second that that feeling comes, but we have such a good relationship with that feeling, with that emotion that our language is, is not to bring us down or it doesn't, we don't stay there. Cause we have a different relationship with the emotion. And right. that for me was a good one too with the, with the members. Yeah. And I want to go back to um, what you said about observing your, your husband or observing your mind when you're watching him be present and be happy. And I love that you're able to be like, oh my gosh, it's me. You know, and as women, we tend to take on more, we tend to stress more, we tend to worry more versus just like grabbing our wine, let the kids do their thing. You know, you know, I know sometimes when we have like, you know, go to the cottage with a bunch of other couples, it's like, if the guys are watching the kids, it's like, oh, unless somebody's bleeding, I'm not going to pay attention. Like, whereas we're every little cry, every little whine, what's going on? You know, we tend to, you know, so a a little bit of of it is us stepping back and also Um, Yeah, sitting in that happiness, but also, uh, you know, as we talked about being entrepreneurs, moms, all playing all these different roles, what's really helped me with that is compartmentalizing. When I am at work, I do not think about my daughter. I mean, I'm sure I have little thoughts here and there. When I'm with my daughter and we're doing a craft or we're doing baking, you know, I try, of course, sometimes I pick up my phone and I do certain things, but I really, and she even says, mommy, no phone time, time with me, you know, uh, when I'm with my partner, you know, and we're hanging out, the phone's gone, the work's on. So meant physically, 
but also mentally, you know, and if some a work, a, a thought of, of work comes in while I'm playing with her, you know, I, my observing mind, no, 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 this is Bianca time, you know? And so it's really, really helpful also. Cause yeah, we tend to be everywhere at once when I'm doing, okay, when I'm doing laundry, I gotta think about dishes, I think about the kids, try to just, and that's what helps with mindfulness too, is this whole compartmentalization, even little tasks right now I'm showering. There is nothing else. Like I can't pack a lunch when I'm in the shower. So I'm going to enjoy the time with, to myself in the shower when I'm walking. I can't make dinner. I can't have a, this conversation with my kids. So I'm going to enjoy my walk, you know, and that those little things also help us not be everywhere, you know, at, at once. Cause we can only think one thought at a time. Our brain can only think one thought at a time. So us, you know, thinking we can multitask and do all this, it's actually driving inefficiencies and, and, and emotionally draining us. I was just wow. going to say that. Cause like, I really have the tendency. I have this like insane desire to be as productive as possible. Like it's like actually not normal. Um, and I always think what else could I be doing right now? What could else could I be accomplishing when I'm in the shower? Like you said, like while I'm walking, I'm like, well, if I think of exactly what I'm going to make for lunch, then, then it's done. You know what I mean? And you're so right. I'm not actually accomplishing anything. Well, when you start (laughs) to compartmentalize, watch your efficiency. It's going to go freaking through the roof, especially with work. It, it, it just, you're going to make dinner faster. You're going to, your output's going to be so much stronger. It, yeah. When you compartmentalize and you really focus, it, you, the thoughts don't, don't drain you or drag you away from, you know, the, the task at hand. I actually have implemented that in my own life um, and, you know, gotten better. So, you know, for our, our journey, Jose and I were teachers um, and then kind of slowly stepped away for stepped away from being, te- being teachers and full-time with your weight loss. But there was a point where I was balancing both and I was teaching three young kids, taking care of my own health, also doing this side hustle kind of thing. And so I had to be super efficient and I started compartmentalizing. So, I had a lot of mom guilt, which is something I want to ask you about. And um, Mm -hmm. I started doing just like 10 minutes, each kid, nothing else, no other kids, no other distraction, just 10 minutes. And that really helped me feel like I was actually accomplishing what I wanted to as a mom. And that was compartmentalizing that task in that moment. My job was to be a mom for with one kid for 10 minutes. Right. I love that. I love that. And I, I, I do think we do carry a lot of mom guilt. Um, we talk in the book about how guilt is a waste of an emotion. It's a self-inflicted emotion. And I always go back to, this is something my mom always used to say. She always used to say, do your best and leave the rest. We can only do our best as moms, as partners, as entrepreneurs. We can only do our best. So, you know, if we're, if we're giving our kids that time, even if it is just 10 minutes of one-on-one, be happy with yourself for that. Give yourself a freaking pat on the back for that. Cause some, some kids don't even get that. Or, you know, that if that is fulfilling to you and your child, then nothing else matters. Right. So you carrying around this guilt that's taking away from the time with your child. If you're, if you spend 10 minutes with one child, then you're going to the next and spending 10, spending 10 minutes, but you're feeling guilty about not enough time with you. How is that impacting child number two now, right? So the guilt is just now, it's like a cloud you're carrying everywhere that's impacting, you know, how you're showing up. It's so Um, true. It's like a cloud. By kid number three, I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So many children. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, so I want something that we, Jose and I have been saying often is we want our members to make choices based on who they want to be. So basically encouraging them very much to find their way as far as weight loss goes. So, you know, if the person is, the, if you want to be the person that, that walks, then walk, but it needs, it should be because you value walking. If you want to be the person that cooks homemade meals for your family, then we want you to do that because that's what you, who you want to be, what you value, not what you think you should do. Oh, homemade food is good. So I'm going to do this, right? We're really encouraging people to build their plan, build their way based on who they want to be and not because they want to lose weight. And a question that keeps coming up is people say, I don't know who I want to be. Right. And and we're realizing that people are struggling to know who their authentic self is. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you have any like strategies or tips or for someone that feels, I don't know who I want to be. I don't know my authentic self. How can they go find her? I love that question. And it doesn't surprise me at all that we don't know who we want to be anymore. Because it's the self-awareness. It's the self-awareness. Yeah. And it's also society. When we were younger, we didn't have the influence of social media. We had news. Okay. We didn't know what every celebrity was doing. We didn't know what people were wearing. We maybe saw a, a magazine cover of Mariah Carey, you know, and that's it. Now we're seeing everybody's personal, like right down to their vacation homes, where they're going, what their houses look like, the renovations, how many kids they have, every little freaking detail. No wonder we don't know who we want to be anymore because we're so inundated by who everyone else is. And you, you hit the nail on the head with that word of should. We... Who, you know, and there's a, there's a, um, a tip in the book, fuck the shoulds, because, you know, what's happened is we've become so enthralled in who we should be. When we were younger, it was pressure from our parents or our friends, you know, but now, oh my gosh, it's TV, it's social media, it's TikTok, it's everything. Suddenly we feel, oh, everybody our age is doing this. We should be doing this too. Oh, she's making homemade meals for her kid. Okay. I should be, should, 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 should. And, you know, I do workshops on this. And the biggest thing I say is understand your shoulds. What are your shoulds? Then go back and evaluate what should is genuinely coming from you, something you want, and what should is coming from external, from that mean person in your life who put you down and said, you should be, or you can't do this. So I'm going to prove them wrong. Or, you know, oh, all my siblings are at this stage in their life or all my friends are at this stage. So I should be, everybody else owns a home. I should be on it. Well, maybe you want to rent for the rest of your life. Maybe you don't want to own a home. Oh, everyone's going on vacation. Maybe you're fully blissfully happy in your home. Uh, you know, understand where the shoulds are coming from. And if the shoulds are coming from the external, that is not authentic you. That is not a should you should be caring about because every, every, you know, action or thought leading up to fulfilling that should is not coming from a good place. It's coming from a, I need to prove this person or I need to catch up or, you know, so, and sometimes I realized this that just last week, I did a workshop and realized some of our shoulds are coming from our younger self that are not valid anymore. You know, I went into corporate. I had a great career. I wanted to be the CMO or the VP marketing of, of some big company. And, you know, and, and a salary was obviously attached to that. Well, I started at ground zero at 37. I started my own company. I went from this big salary to nothing. And I had to let go of the I should be making blah, blah, blah at this age. 
And that was old should for me. And I had to redefine my own success. Ooh, I love that. Hey, redefine all the time. Redefine success. Redefine your success. And that like we, and that's what we try and teach our members. Like success is not weight loss. I'm sorry. That is not success. Success is happiness. And if you, and I really truly believe that you cannot be fully happy in a skin you are not comfortable in. And, and that is, that is, that is for you to decide where you feel comfortable, you know, that, that is very much for you to decide where you feel comfortable, but we need to redefine success. So for me, success is drinking beer on the weekends with my friends, um, and being able to live my life in this skin. That's it. And if success is an entrepreneur, if success is, you know, an author, look, I had no intentions of being an author. I failed high school English with all the trauma and everything. I never wanted to write a book. This whole thing fell in my lap. Oh my um, gosh. You know, some people are like, how do you, oh my gosh, how did you write it? How did you go through it? I'm like, look, I had no intentions. Um, so, you know, we have to really go back and understand what is success to us. It's, I think society and capitalism and, you know, there's always money and fame and name and all that attached to success. How many followers, like what kind of world do we live in? So, you know, what is really important to you? And And it shouldn't matter what any, even your partner, it doesn't matter, you know, because my partner stayed in corporate for long and, you know, there was this little money thing. He was incredibly supportive, right? But still it was like, okay, you still define success by this way. I don't anymore. I feel successful. Even though I'm making pennies compared to what I used to make right now, I feel more successful than I've ever felt because I'm doing what I love. Because you're happy. Because you're, and I love that Alicia said that. So success is happiness, but also what people need to understand. And you said like redefine it happy. What makes you happy changes. It keeps changing. And so what makes me happy as a 35 year old mom of two young kids is going to be different of what makes me happy when I'm 45 and then they're teenagers and, and the last 10 years and what I've experienced and what I wanted and what I chose. And so it keeps changing and keeps adjusting. And so that's why weight loss has never been so like it, people are struggling to connect weight loss and happiness. And I'm like, and that's where, because they were like, I'll be happy when I weigh 150. And I'm like, I don't even know if you'll be happy at 150, like with the lifestyle that comes with that. And I'm sorry, the lifestyle that makes you happy at 35 will not be the same at 45 will not be the same at 75. And we say like, keep connected to who you want to be as time passes. And that means there will have to be adjustments in your goal, you know, in, in what you thought you wanted. Yes. And that's, I love that. And that is so true. That is so important. And that's why the shoulds, you know, there's the category of the external, but the shoulds from our old self. And, you know, maybe it's time to drop that. Stop feeling guilty that you, you know, maybe at one point you thought you should have owned a home and now you've changed that. And that's okay. So let go of that should. And that's kind of the very practical application of how to find your own authentic self and listen inwards right back to what we first started about you know all the noise out there your intuition is so strong when you are doing something that you love you know you feel mindful because you're in the moment you feel in a state of flow you whether that's hanging out with friends and drinking beer or you know doing what you're passionate about taking that pan I just signed up for hip-hop dance class starts tonight fun. I love it have fun I've been wanting to do this you know so it's like yeah really know in your gut you know what dancing makes me happy you know what makes you happy Only- I know 
I know. I say that it's a feeling. Like it's a feeling to me. Like when I make my kids homemade muffins, that is like who I want to be. That's my feeling, you know? Um, and the muffins okay. are coming from a place of love versus if you're making them from, oh my God, everyone else is making homemade muffins. I have to make them too. They're going to taste like shit. Your kids are going <laughs> to, your kids are going to pick up on that energy, but it's not going to feel good. So again, every little thing you do has to come from, I really want this for my own self, my own happiness. Um, okay. So like, what's next for you? Is there going to be another book? There is. <laughs> Tell I can't, us. Uh, it's confidential at this point, so I can't say too much, okay. but you know, it's always been a passion of mine to impact kids. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. I've oh my gosh. That's to. so exciting for um, you. Yeah. I, I really, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Again, I, I feel incredibly blessed. I have a meeting with this company this afternoon. Um, but I, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. Um, but I also feel there's such a need for youth, the youth, um, depression, anxiety, even suicide rates have had doubled in Canada. Um, and I, I wish I had, you know, as a child growing up in a household that had a lot of turmoil, a lot of, um, you know, verbal and emotional abuse, I really wish I had mindfulness and meditation then. Um, and so I, I'm going to leave it at that, but yeah, there's some exciting, exciting stuff. That's it. That's so awesome, Nina. And like I said, your story has so much value and, and that value has impact. And like when you can really put it in the world and in, in uh, with, amazing intentions and it's not like I'm doing this because I'll make money you know what I mean I just feel yes. like that it's such e it's so easier to show up and to keep showing up because yes. it's who you are it's it's your story it's what you value so deeply and I could not agree more I also wish um that um youths were more uh taught about health and choices and shooting and all of that because I do feel like we're we're grown-ass women and we're just kind of healing that right now yeah. um wouldn't it be great to have like teenage teenage women, uh, teenage <laughs> girls, uh, learn how to be themselves through university through and, and, and I think they would find more meaningful partners, they would find more meaningful lives, instead of like being stuck in the like, I should marry this guy because I've been with him forever, I should marry this guy because I don't really see any like, there's a lot of should I should get married, right? We've been together for 10 years, maybe you don't want a wedding, maybe you don't want to put 50 grand on a wedding, you know, um, I should have kids, I'm 30. I just feel like we're still kind of like um, uh, raising our kids this way. And I'd love for a little bit of a change. I don't know how we can make that change. But anyways, I, I'm, I really am passionate about that as well. Like how can we make people more confident in being themselves? Yeah. And you know what? We are, you know, 30, 40 year old women um, and we're able to discern, you know, this is coming from social media or, you know, maybe I should let go of it. Imagine having like social media when we were teenagers I, I would have been so messed up, man, seeing like an ex-boyfriend at a club or whatever they post now, like yeah. seeing that. Oh my gosh. Well, it's mean, another world. It's something it's, else. It's another world. So all the more reason to, again, you know, go inwards, know that happiness is here. You know, you don't have to be anything for anyone as long as you're happy, as long as you're authentic, as long as you're loving yourself. And, you know, the the, the subtitle of, of chapter two is self-love, what we should have learned in middle school that we didn't because nobody taught us to self-love. Like it was all about arithmetic and writing and science and there was no class on how to love ourselves. Well, and don't get me started on what yeah, we teach no, that's in school. Like, oh my God, we are so <laughs> passionate about that, about how these topics right. are lacking in our, our school systems. Like we talk about that all the time. 
Listen, we are so excited about your next project. Uh, let us know. We can have you again on the podcast. This was such a great conversation. So like fun. Okay. Let our listeners know where they can find you if they, if they enjoyed you. Where, where can they find you in the world? Okay. They can find me. Uh, my website is ninapurewell.com or you can find me on Instagram at nina.pure.minds. You can check me out there. I just got on TikTok. I don't know how you guys got so many followers. I am so freaking intimidated by the thing, but you can. I have 20 followers. <laughs> So She's I like, I have 26 there. followers. <laughs> um, you know, but you know, you can find me mainly on Instagram or if you want to reach out to me, if you have any questions, um, you can access links to purchase the book on my website as well. And I always answer any DM or any email, um, even if it's personal, I'm always happy to, to help people. That's my true, true passion. So um, thank you so much for this opportunity. I love chatting with you both. I'm so excited. I mean, this could have kept going on. This could, I know. We have, like, I feel like this was a really good conversation. And I just want to say to the world listening, this book is exactly what you need right now. Like for me, this is what I needed in my life at this stage of the pandemic. I'm ready to choose happiness. Um, I just feel like it's a perfect time for, for people to be in the moment and to let that shit go because we still have a long road ahead of letting shit go. Let that shit go, baby, because it's all it's all there. It's all there for you to access. We just got to remove all the, the shit in the way. So thank you so much for all the support. I so appreciate you sharing the book with your community as well. I'm so happy to have met you both. And I'm really excited for October 29th. I know the event is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to listen to you speak. Oh, yeah. So everyone go purchase your ticket so you can listen um, to Nina um, do her presentation for that night. It's an epic girls night. We're going to have a blast. Basically, it's a, just a feel-good event where you're going to end that night feeling on top of the world, feeling happy, feeling content, and, and feeling more at peace. That's like that's the true happiness, at peace inside. So again, yeah. thank you so much, Nina, for being here. You rocked it. We absolutely loved this conversation. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can find us anywhere at, uh, under your way, weight loss, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or our uh, website where you can buy your ticket your way, our So again, thank you so much, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Bye guys. Bye.